and amen. You may be seated, God bless you this morning. When we were thinking about our anniversary service, we usually on the five-year increments have an, um, a special celebration. Last year was our 30th anniversary, and this is the brochure from last year's banquet. We have made up so many, and we wanted to give you these because they still have testimonies that I know will bless you. Uh, but every other year, what we do um, is have an international service here at Victory Church, but because of COVID-19 and what we're dealing with, we're not able to have the international service with all of the people together and having the food outside. God willing, we will be able to next year, amen? But today we are celebrating the goodness of God, the goodness of God. And if you've walked with the Lord any length of time, you've been through some ups and downs, some trials, some challenges, and you've stayed close to Jesus, you've experienced his goodness in your life. Truly the Lord is good. Can we go old school for a moment? The Lord is good. All the time. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Well, as we celebrate our 30 first anniversary, I just want to say how blessed and honored I am to serve racial church. And I think it is so important to acknowledge that, to celebrate that, and to be grateful for what God has done here in Providence, Rhode Island, here at Victory Church, especially this is so significant in the politically and racially charged environment we find ourselves in in our country today. Amen? And we as the church, we as Christians, have to acknowledge what God can do when we allow him to change our hearts and to teach us how to love one another. Let me say that again. We as the church, as Christians, have to acknowledge what God can do when we allow him to change our hearts and teach us how to love one another. As the church of Jesus Christ, we are called to love one another. In the New Testament alone, throughout the Gospels and the epistles and the writings of the apostles, there are almost 60 one another references. Love one another, accept one another, serve one another, forgive one another, encourage one another. Almost 60 times, and most of those references say, love one another. Now, we used to have a church member many years ago who used to say this, I love the Lord, it's the people I can't stand. That's the truth. It's the true story. I love the Lord, but it's the people I can't stand. Now, if you've been in church for any length of time, you understand that in a measure. And maybe you might have felt like that. 
But that is an oxymoron. That is incompatible with the teachings of the New Testament. And there are many people who feel that way. See, because it's easy to say, I love the Lord, and maybe nobody could really uh, challenge that, because how do we prove that all the time? But to love other people, that's very uh, uh, tangible in the sense of evidenced by how you live your life. And that's why there are a lot of people who pull away from church. A lot of people say, oh, well, I just worship at, at home or I have a little home church. And, and let me tell you, if you have any kind of gathering of a few people, sooner or later you're going to have a church split and you'll have a room church. But the reality is... We are called to love one another. The two greatest commandments, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So the question is this morning, and what I want to do is, I want to lead you, and I'm going to try to get through this quick, um, in the next few moments, lead us to communion. I thought that on our 31st anniversary that as the family of God, as, as a church, that we could partake of communion together. We ha you have it at your seats, and just a few moments we will partake together. And, and when I thought of our anniversary, I thought how special it would be to celebrate our anniversary by partaking of communion, because communion is all about togetherness. It's all about Jesus with his disciples, saying, I have a fervent desire, I want to have, I want to celebrate the Passover with you, I want to remember what God has done, and, and, and that togetherness, that family, and all throughout the New Testament, communion was all about a church coming together, loving one another, and remembering Jesus. But the question is this morning, how can we, when even in the, in, in the church, can I be real this morning? Well, I'm going to be real anyway, so you might as well buckle up and get ready. But how can we love one another? How can we be a church? How can we be together when we differ on politics? When we differ on COVID-19? When we differ on racial issues? It's getting quiet in here this morning. When we differ on the economy... When we differ on the history of the founding of our nation. Listen, I have heard well-meaning Christians say, you cannot be a Christian and vote for Donald Trump. I've also, I'm going to cover both sides, so just buckle up and don't worry because I'm going to cover you all. I've heard some well-meaning Christians say, you can't be a Christian and vote Democratic. Oh, it's getting quiet in here this morning. You don't have to like it. You've got to love me, though. Amen. But you see, what we have to do is get back to the one another's. We have to love one another. This country is so divided. I don't need to explain. I don't need to expound on that. You know very well. The anger and the divisiveness is at an all-time high. That's why I've encouraged you as your pastor to pray 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people 
God's people, called by his name, will pray. It's our responsibility to be people who pray, who call upon God, who humble ourselves, who seek the face of God, who repent ourselves and ask God to forgive us because we all have some pride in our lives. We all have some some prejudices in our life. We all have some things in our life that are not pleasing to God that we have to continually deal with. Can someone say amen? You see, the church has to be different. What is the devil's plan? The devil's plan is to divide and conquer. As any uh, strategist on the, the military or the battlefield would do is to divide and conquer. And Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. He's called the father of lies. He's called the one who appears as an angel of light. All for the purpose of dividing and conquering. But I believe as the church, we are stronger together. I want to take a couple of moments to to tie this together. Because I want to show you something from the word of God. I want to show you the original 12 disciples, the original 12 apostles that Jesus chose that would carry on his mission after he suffered, bled, and died on the cross was buried, on the third day rose again, he ascended into heaven, and he left the mission of the church in the hands of the 12 apostles. I don't know about you, but if you look at the 12, I wouldn't have chosen the 12. I would, I was, God, surely, Lord, you could have done better. I say that tongue-in-cheek. But Matthew, Mark chapter 3, Mark chapter 3, The word of God tells us, he went up on the mountain in verse 13. He went up on the mountain and he called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. And he appointed 12 that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons. Simon, whom he he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he also gave the name of Bajonis, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, and they went into a house. Now, if you, if, if you want to just stay with me for a minute, flip over to Luke chapter 6. It's the same Uh, story of the calling of the 12 it says in verse 12 and it came to pass in those days that he went up to the mountain to pray and he continued all night in prayer to God this is Jesus the son of God holy pure perfect sinless but he prayed all night if Jesus prays you and I should pray if Jesus has prolonged protracted times of prayer you and I need to pray long and hard amen And so he prays for the purpose of choosing the 12, to be in communion with his heavenly father, to get wisdom and guidance and assurance of his direction in choosing the 12. And I won't list them all, but I do want to make one, one note in verse 13. Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the zealot. Simon called the zealot. Now, the point I want to make is that Jesus, in choosing the 12, could not have called a more radically different group of men. They were diverse. 
They were different, and they were really polar opposites in a lot of ways. Jesus chose Simon the Zealot. Now, if you study the New Testament, there are different groups of people that are mentioned. One of the groups are called the Zealots. Now, this group were known for their desire and their zeal to overthrow the Roman government and to liberate the Jewish people. And they would do it by the sword. They would do it in any way they could. So Jesus chooses Simon the Zealot. Now understand, this was a political movement. Aren't you glad the word of God is relevant if we would just study it a little bit? This was a political movement and I was reading one, one commentator, one scholarly work that we used in seminary, and I, I was just checking this out, and, and, and this is a, a reliable resource, and this is a credible commentator, and he said, although they consider themselves patriots, many of them were a little different from what we'll call terrorists. Are you, are you tracking with me this morning? Am I preaching the word to you this morning? Jesus chooses 12. He chooses Simon the Zealot. Simon the Terrorist. Isn't that in the word of God? Oh good, I'm glad we've got it up there. So you can read it off the wall. He chooses Simon. Now, 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 to, now to go to the other extreme, he chooses Matthew the tax collector. Now, Matthew works for the Roman government. A tax collector, it was called also a publican, and they were classified with sinners because in the eyes of the Jewish people, they were working for the enemy. You got a Republican and a Democrat on the same team. But not only a Republican, a Democrat, you've got far left and you've got far right. Is anybody listening this morning? I'm making friends and enemies along the way, but keep up. My friends are going to become my enemies in a few moments, and my enemies are going to become my friends, so stick with me. We're covering it all this morning. Think about it. You've got Matthew, the tax collector, sitting alongside Simon the Zealot. I'm sure at the beginning of their ministry, the beginning of their team, uh, Simon had his sword close, and Matthew sat on the other side of the table, far away. Very interesting. And then not only that, you have, you have James and John being chosen. They were given the surname Sons of Thunder. Do you want to know why? Because in one point of Jesus' ministry, they're going to the city of Samaria, and, and they're getting ready for the coming. They're ready, getting ready for a crusade, and they're the, 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 the team to go ahead to prepare the way. And the city does not want to receive Jesus because he was going to Jerusalem, and there was a racial issue there. And you know, what, you know what James and John said? Lord, shall we call down fire from heaven just like Elijah did? Let's burn him up. Are you kidding me? These are the apostles Jesus chose. There's a group of people that didn't want to receive their ministry. That's okay. Let's call down fire and let's, let's torch them. Jesus said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. He said, take it easy. What are you thinking? And then you have, you have Peter. One minute he's being used by God. Jesus said, 
Whom do men say that I am? Jesus said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, Simon, by Jonah, flesh and blood did not receive, reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. He got a revelation from heaven. The next moment, Jesus says, I'm going to the cross. Peter says, far be it, it shall it never be. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You desire the things of man, not the things of God. One moment, Peter's being used by God. He's getting a revelation from heaven. The next minute, he's used by the devil. Isn't that in the word? I don't know what Bible you're reading. See, somehow, some way, because of their greater allegiance to Jesus, they were able to work through their differences, become brothers and co-laborers in the gospel. It's so unfortunate today that many believers seem more committed to a political party or political viewpoint than to Jesus Christ. I'm covering it all, brothers and sisters. I'm not, I'm not standing up here as a Republican or a Democrat. I'm not standing up here from one political view or another. I'm standing upon the word of Jesus. I'm contending for loving one another. I'm contending for putting not politics first, but Christ first. I'm contending that if we're going to change the world, we've got to start in the church, and we've got to learn to love one another, and we've got to learn to lay aside some of our differences and put Christ first, love, and let God change our hearts. You see, what's going to make the difference as we just, I got to move along, it's, it's late. I could say so much more. It's tough to get in and out of this topic. I hope I got in and out unscathed. But what made the difference? Jesus said, or it says in Mark chapter three, he called those to himself, those that he wanted. Simon the Zealot, Matthew the tax collector. The fiery John and James calling fire down in heaven to destroy the cities. And Peter being used by God one moment, used by the devil the next. He said he wanted them to be with him. Now understand something this morning. What changed them? Fast forward to the book of Acts after Jesus ascended into heaven. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, when they perceived that they had been with Jesus. What changes my heart? What changes your heart? What has made our church so racially diverse and politically diverse, to be honest, is because of love and because of grace. We haven't arrived, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I might not be aware of all that's going on and all that's said. And I don't check your Facebook posts. But you know what? If we stay close to Jesus, if we remember what he's done, we're changed. We're changed. We become more like Jesus. Love will flow. We'll love other people. We'll accept other people. We'll allow God to change us. Amen? Can you stand together with me this morning? On our 31st anniversary, this might be a, 
a strange message to preach, but I think it's very relevant in the day that we're living in. God has done a work in this place. This has not been the work of man. I've had pastors over the years tell me, ask me, Pastor, how do you, how do you have an international church as if I had a manual? Five steps to have an international church. Why isn't this happening everywhere? Why are there churches that are all white? Why are there churches that are all black? Why are the churches all one color? Aren't we the body of Christ? Aren't we the people of God? There's no Jew, no Gentile, no, no black, no white. There's no black Jesus. There's no white Jesus. There's no, there's no Spanish Jesus. I mean, there's one Jesus. He's the Jesus of all. Black, red, yellow, and white. Because we have been open to the grace of God to work in our lives. And I pray that this church would continue to grow more diverse, all, just, you know what, become more like heaven. Because in heaven, you know what the Bible says? Every tongue, every tribe, every nation's worshiping before the throne. The last time I checked, there was no Pentecostal section, no Baptist section, there was no white section, no black section, there was no uh, uh, hugging section, non-hugging section, uh, there was no rich section, poor section, education. No, they were all one. So we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, that's what we're shooting for. We're not looking at man. We're not looking at the government. We're not looking at other churches. We're looking at the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every people. So I commission you today as we remember Jesus. His blood was shed. His body was broken for you and I today that we might become one. Can we remember Jesus? This, is, this represents his body that was broken for us on the cross because the major, the, the, the major issue of, of, of mankind is a sin problem. And we need a savior. And we need forgiveness. So we remember Jesus this morning as we partake. Amen. We take the cup and we remember that this cup represents the shed blood of Jesus. The blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, from all sin, that makes us whole. Today we acknowledge we're sinners in need of the grace of God. We acknowledge that we fall short, but today we're not gonna live short. We're gonna receive the forgiveness of God and move forward in Jesus' name. Let's partake. We remember you, Jesus. Father, today I thank you for the body of Christ here at Victory. God, I thank you that the blood of Jesus covers our sin, but it also unites us and makes us one as the family of God. In all our diversity, in all our differences, God, we put you first. God, help us to work out these differences, God. Lord, help us to love one another. Help us to forgive one another. Help us to give one another grace. Help us to accept one another, even in our differences, Lord. May we always put you first. God, thank you for 31 years of your goodness. 
Thank you for 31 years of changed lives. Thank you for 31 years of the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached both locally and globally through this church. Thank you for every pastor, every elder, every leader, every member, every regular attender. Thank you for those that are watching by live stream. God, we pray a blessing over every life, God. May our lives be enriched and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. I love you. Go in the presence of the Lord. Amen.